What is up, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Warthog Gaming Podcast, hosted by me, Hamish Hector. And me, Oliver Bartsby. How are you doing, Ollie? It's been an odd week, I have to say. Um, quite, it's hard to sort of describe how to feel this week. You know, there's been ups and downs throughout, you know, I've started a new internship, um, but obviously the whole week's kind of been overshadowed by some events going on at the moment. Yeah, it, um, it really has been, and I think that those events are really important to talk about, and we will be addressing them on the show. Um, we have Hugh, a smiley with us today, by com- sort of chance. Hello, hi, I'm Hugh. Lovely to be here, thanks. Uh, and what do you do on the internet? Uh, so I have a podcast which is called Beautiful Future. Um, Ollie has actually been on, if you go back far enough. I was the first guest. Wow. He were he was indeed the first guest, and we talked about we talked about gaming, guys. So this was always got this was born to happen. <laughs> um, the stars have aligned, and and we we've it's like poetry. It rhymes. I'm here. Hello, everyone. Yeah. So he was actually already coming on to talk about sort of politics and gaming and where the two meet up, and we feel like that was sort of quite appropriate for what's going on right now and we will be going into that however we also know that for some people what's going on right now is quite distressing so as always we do put time codes down below the opening of the show uh we're all going to talk about some of the games we've been playing in a little bit more uh with a little bit more depth and analysis than we we normally do uh then the middle part of the show will be our topic and some of the news but it all joins into one thing this week so it feels weird to separate them and then the final thing of the week will always be game club uh so if you want to skip a section or jump back to a section later on it's all in the time code so feel free to do that uh and so i guess without any further ado let's talk about what we've been playing so ollie what have you been playing this week i think it's the same answer i've said for the last few weeks um i'm very basic okay don't don't judge me i've been playing a lot of warzone it's it's the game it's the uh so what's the what's that phrase um not hot take Something of a month, flavor of the month. That's what it is. It's a flavor of the month, um, Warzone, and I have come to the conclusion it is a hundred percent, well, thousand percent better than Fortnite. Okay. Um, and if you want, Hamish, I can go into why. <laughs> yeah, no, you go into why you think it's better than Fortnite, and we can have a yes. Um, so number one, building is dumb. Okay, Fortnite bad building. <laughs> if you've seen some of these, you look at Fortnite videos now. One enemy comes in and it's like, oh, quick, I've got to build myself a 10-story tower and run after them. And it's like, come on, bro, just just get in a fight rather than building this big-ass tower to uh, to try and shoot down from there. I'm, I'm not a fan of it anymore. I just don't like that building aspect. Um, that's number one. Number two, the guns actually feel good. It feels nice to shoot a gun in. That sounds really bad. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> gameplay feels rewarding and actually it's not as floaty the shooting mechanics as in Fortnite so Call of Duty is always known to have pretty good shooting mechanics and it kind of holds up in Warzone. Yeah no that's very true. Yes. Number three the gulag is hella fun. The, uh, do you <laughs> mind elaborating on what you mean by that Holly? <laughs> this this is a not a good section for me here uh, if you take this out of context so please don't. The gulag, the, the gulag is a section. Ollie Barsby, the gulag is hella fun. Oh, 20, 2020. The gulag is a section uh, in Warzone. So basically, when you get killed, rather than just you know that's game over or having to wait to be redeployed like in Fortnite from that weird sort of van thing in Fortnite, um, mm-hmm. there's a way to sort of you 
by you get yourself back by you go to the gulag and you get in a 1v1 match against somebody else and if you win it you immediately go straight back into the action um and it's just you know it's good 1v1 call of duty fun it reminds it's what call of duty was built on these big 1v1 matches sort of high intensity high pressure um and it just happens to be in a sort of prison setting uh and it's just a it's just a great way to uh stretch out the gameplay and make it so that when you die you don't just sit there and watch your friends have fun for 15 minutes okay so you you so i'm playing warzone i go out and i go into the gulag yes do i so it's a 1v1 fight if i win it i go straight back into the main game yep. yeah you go straight back in if you die you have to wait to get redeployed which people can buy you back with money okay and how do you get money is like in-game credits you can get money's just yes yeah, it's, it's just a long it's just um found across the map you know like scattered around you open boxes and money's there it's on the floor okay and is it like um can the money also get because i know in other games of call of duty you can like buy guns and upgrades does that also do things like that or um you can buy it's it's not like a pay to win thing it's like the the money is like you don't actually pay any money in real life to get no I, I meant like um i know in like Call of Duty zombies, like if you get enough credits, you can buy certain um, gun You can buy a loadout drop, which is basically okay. where you can choose your own loadout. Um, but these come onto the map naturally after like a few minutes anyways. But you can also buy like UAVs, um, armor plates, self-revives. So you, okay, the money cool. is used for a lot of stuff. And then like the supply drops you mentioned, you can yes. call those in yourself. So like you're like, oh, they're yeah. not coming in fast enough. I won't come in. Won't come yeah, in that's me. how most sort of big very good players do it they'll get 10 it's ten thousand pounds or dollars actually and then once you get that money you call in your loadout you get you know your favorite weapons and you can go and kill people who have to use weapons they found on the ground like a loser yeah because i know that was something that people wanted to add to fortnite they wanted to add an item which was like a supply call a supply drop and it would be something you would set before the game with there'd be like a subset of weapons that you can put in it and then it would mean that yeah like because an issue in Fortnite is that when you go for a supply drop, you might get a purple weapon that you already have, or it could be a gun that you don't really like using, like if you prefer SMGs over that's, shotguns. That's the thing about it. It is great to just... There's the better strategizing, because you could choose what guns you want. So, like, I'm... Me, uh, my friends, when we play, I'm really good at sniping, so I always get a sniper. Um, you know, get those headshots from 500 metres away. Not to flex, but... <laughs> um... <laughs> That's, that is a. I wish I had some videos of that, but PS4 does not let you record uh, clips from the past. It only lets you start recording, which is annoying. Ah, uh, see, I've been using the Xbox Record in the past feature just all the time. Yeah, um, but then like others use SMGs, assault rifles, RPGs as well. Are actually, a bit broken, but that's 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 one discussion for a, a Warzone special. Um, but basically, did you? It's just you can actually tailor your playstyle and not rely on chance as much which is obviously a big thing of fortnite you know oh what am i going to get out of this box oh i've got the True. legendary gun time to win um yeah isn't that the point of like a battle royale though where it's like you can, you have to roll the dice and work with what you've got you yeah, know? But... how is it does it not like just devolve back to you know standard call of duty quick play when you can choose your loadout it does a bit it, well that's what people like about call of duty you, you know you play the guns and True. you actually have you <laughs> have the best weapons you can uh in Call of Duty, it would definitely feel unfair if you come up because the thing is, in Call of Duty, the guns and the attachments and every mm, single thing yeah, matter yeah. so much more than we do in Fortnite. I'd say, like, if you have a blue assault rifle in Fortnite, you can still probably carry your own against someone who has the gold scar, 
Whereas, obviously, in Call of Duty, if you have the best attachments and everything made for your setup, you're going to be at a definite massive advantage over someone else. Because I recently played some PUBG on Google Stadia. I was oh, playing Google Stadia with some friends, and I thought I'd, I'd go back into PUBG, just see what it was like. And it was all those confusing elements with the, the different attachments you can get and exactly like how you want your gun to be built yeah. out that you find in the game. The um, PUBG style's odd. I didn't like that. It sounds like Warzone would be more fun, at least that you can sort of pick what you like using. Warzone, the attachments are, you know, already on the guns. You don't equip anything to guns during the match. It's all there okay. for you. You pick up guns from the ground, they'll already have attachments on. Um, or you get your loadout drop and they'll already have attachments on. Um, it's just a... The shooting in the game is better than... It's just Call of Duty shooting and, you know, they've been doing it for 15 plus years now. They've kind of yeah, they're not nailed... Legit. They've nailed down the shooting mechanics a bit more than Fortnite have. Yeah, Fortnite feels a little bit more cartoony, and so the shooting yeah. feels just... It feels, like, decent, but probably not quite as realistic and fluid as Call of Duty would. Um, yeah. I might actually um, then have to play Call, uh, Call of you Duty. You definitely should, then. because the final reason uh, I will talk about this game, no bots. There are no bots in Warzone. It's fully... I love the bots, though. Full, full player lobbies. You can't... Uh, there's no sort of bots to uh, pad your kills and be like, yeah, look at me, I got I got five kills and they're all bots. <laughs> Um, that's a problem I know PUBG has. Is that a thing in other games? Yeah, PUBG and Fortnite have massive amount of bots oh, in the lobbies. Oh, that's PVE. That, that's basically. that's hurt me. <laughs> well, no, like I think um, I think it changes in Fortnite as you go up the rankings. I hmm. because I think those it keeps changing, so I don't keep up to date with it as much as I should. But I think there is some like skill based matchmaking, and I think if you're mm-hmm. got a higher skill, you end up in players uh, lobbies hmm. with more players in them. Whereas if you're of lower skill, you end up in more lobbies with bots in to sort of get good at the game. <laughs> I must have fought a lot of bots. <laughs> yeah, I think when I first... When I started playing it again after me and Hamish, actually, after we played it, um, I played with some friends who'd never played it before. And just for the first few days of when we were playing it, it was just obvious it was only bot lobbies. And I was like, come on, yeah. I want to get into these lobbies with actual players. Um, yeah, I wonder if they should have sort of tweaked it a little bit, because I know it you can have new players so you want to introduce them to a couple of bot lobbies but also if you're all playing together like when i play with my mates we're all talking over discord or in-game chat yeah. and you're instantly so much better than just a team of random four people that can't communicate because you can use the ping system but also it's so much better just to sort of point and shout yeah. and say look over there bot lobbies just it, it just it's just odd for me because you see them and you're like it's kind of a false sort of trying to pretend mm. that you play multiplayer it's a game which uh, it's a thing which um Lots of ma- mobile games have that problem with saying, oh, look at you, you're against multiplayer people. Like Mario Kart Tour, I remember. Had- oh, I was going to say Mario Kart Tour. <laughs> at the start, I was like, oh, look at these people with their usernames. Aren't, aren't Nintendo cool? And then you're like, oh, it's just single player. <laughs> They're just trying to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, single player isn't all bad. And I've been playing a single player only game recently. Uh, I talked about it last week, but it's the kind of in-universe prequel to Control. It's Alan Wake, which is also by Remedy. It's got some very weird and fun, cool elements. It also uses some of the live-action sort of elements in it as well. Nice. Uh, and it's, it's it's sort of a horror uh, shooter. So the, the, the idea is that Alan Wake in the game is a horror writer, and he discovers a typewriter, which um has since been sort of retconned to have been an object of power which ollie will know from control and 
people that write on the typewriter, particularly artists, whatever they write comes true. So it's a bit like Death Note then, almost. <laughs> um, a little bit like Death Note. People do live and people do die. And basically sort of the <laughs> the premise is like life. that this dark entity, sort of something from the astral plane, is trying to get Alan Wake to like sort of empower it and bring it into the real world so it can take over. And Alan... Uh, has a moment of lucidity in the light and is able to sort of write himself into the story and it has a lot of really cool elements it explains you know there's some ups and it's and some downs and explains that it has to follow these rules of being a horror story you can't just sort of say and the hero wins because that's not fair he has to go (laughs) on an adventure it has to feel like he can die at some points yeah i mean you you don't want a game where it's just protect the main characters just protected for the whole game and (laughs) It's yeah. obvious you're going to win. You want at least some sort of illusion of um, an enemy. Exactly. And one thing that's also quite interesting that I liked is that then this manuscript he writes gets taken by this character that helps you out. Uh, I won't talk too much about it because I would recommend that everybody plays this game. It's quite old. It's very cheap or on Xbox Game Pass, so give it a go. Um, but this character takes your manuscript that you've been writing and spreads it all over the town. Uh, this town of Bright Falls, and you can find it as you go along, but also characters in the game find it, and some of them read their deaths before they happen, and it can lead to these fun and also very upsetting moments when these characters are sort of like, oh, and this is how I knew I would die. Oh, that sounds... Wow, that's pretty that, cool. That is, I'm trying to think, grab, grab my head around that. Yeah, that, that would make some very interesting moments, sort of like you're trying to prevent, or you know when you're going to die, and you're trying to, I guess, prevent that from happening, but then it's inevitable. Yeah, and there was quite a funny moment where uh, there's one character, it's an FBI agent, he's a bit of a dick, uh, but he, <laughs> there's a page where it explains that he reads what's happening and so goes to take his drink and then is reading a page that talks about how he read what happened and so went to take his drink. <laughs> oh and it God. gets quite messy and weird, but it, it's, it's really, kind, really fun yeah, for those reasons. That sounds great. Kind of reminds me of, um, there was an episode of Westworld about when one of the... Um, they were trying to recreate like a perfect human as a robot and try and predict exactly what they say. And then, so there was a conversation happening and then um, this sort of, this guy was really confused at why they're having this conversation. And then the other person just handed him a script and it was the exact same conversation he just had. Um, wow. That's okay. a very cool moment. I, I do like those type of sort of elements of games and shows. No, but um, it sounds good. Alan Wake. Yeah, I need to give it a go because I really did like Control. I know you loved it, Hamish. Um, yeah. But if it comes to PS now, <laughs> definitely. No, that's true. I think uh, well, I think it's an Xbox exclusive oh. or, or it's on PC as well. Oh, but, disgusting. Um, the final thing I wanted to highlight that I thought was great was the use of light and darkness. Because it is a horror game, most of the actual time you spend in it is at night or in dark places. Mm. But then... Because of that, it's able to use light either from safe havens, which are these sort of street lamps that are that sort of light you up and give you your health back, or just like your objective in the f- distance is like either a gas station or a radio station or something like that, which is obviously very bright and has lights showing off in the darkness. And it makes for this awesome sort of gameplay. It's like, just keep moving towards the light. And it's very <laughs> literal. Mm. Uh, and then... And light also plays into the combat, obviously. It won't be as good as shooting as uh, Call of Duty. But before you can kill an enemy, you have to shine your torch on them for long enough to sort of clear the darkness out of them. And oh, then you cool. can shoot them. 
So it sort of means that you can't just go in guns blazing. Like you, some encounters are scary just for the fact that like you sometimes get better torches, sometimes get worse torches, and you just have to sort of sit and watch these people throw, uh, you know, knives at you whilst you're trying to duck out of the way. <laughs> this big guy with a chainsaw comes out and he's like, you can't kill him until you ca- you're allowed to hurt him. So you just have to like run away from him. Yeah, that's that's a. I think that I would not be the best at that. I'm always I try and even in stealth games. I think sometimes I inadvertently just go guns blazing occasionally. Um, I've been playing The Last of Us recently, trying finish that before next one comes out, and I don't think I've completed any of the sort of conflict encounters by just being stealthy the whole time. I think I've always (laughs) it's always gone wrong, and I'm like, right, let's just go in, punch everyone to death. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I am the exact same. I I'm too. I get too bored for stealth. I will just run in. I'll literally just get bored. What was the game I tried to play? Is it Dishonored? Dishonored like two? Is that the, is that the Assassin yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Where like every mission I would start trying to be super stealthy. Like, oh, this is like a cool path I can go down. And then after like 10 minutes, I'd be like, oh, I could just shoot that guy. <laughs> I'll just end up running in. <laughs> this sort of the Assassin's Creed style of no one can see have yeah. seen you if they're all dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing yeah, with yeah. Last of Us though, which... It's kind of odd for the um, stealth component is that obviously you've got Ellie, um, you know, the young girl following you about, and mm. they don't they don't seem to care if when she's moving about, um, moving to cover next to you, you know, they can be looking straight at her, and just you know, just like yep, yeah, that's standard. The moment you pop your head out, they're like, oh, someone there, let's go <laughs> kill him. It's like, kind of a bit of a uh, immersion ruiner. But I guess it's that PS3 AI. PS3. I mean, I'm actually not even playing the remastered version on the PS4 because I left that at uni. Um, I'm playing the original PS3 version on PS Now, which kind of good because it means I get the authentic experience. Authentic. Nice. What, what it was as me trying to justify <laughs> playing a no, PS3 no. game. It's raw. It's real. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Hugh, have you been playing much this week? So apart from the game that we we're going to talk about later, no spoilers... Um, I've been playing a lot of Civilization Five. Uh, it is it is one of my favorite games. Um, I've played a lot of it, and it's it's a turn based strategy game about like history and stuff. So you start off with like you know with, like tents and warriors and stuff, and eventually you get up to you know d- giant death robots, XCOM units, and spaceships. Um, and I've been playing with my friends quite a bit, and it's it's a lot of fun. I've been teaching them how to play. Because it is, it is a very funny game. Um, Any time that I can, in a game, become a religious zealot and have a crusade across the world to invade the Persian Empire is is a game that I will happily enjoy. Nice. It hasn't um the ne- the newest one or one come out on Epic Game Store for free. Yeah, yeah. So Civ Six is for free on the Epic Game Store, but only on uh, Windows. Uh... And um, not to insult myself too much in this game podcast, but I I have a Mac. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, I'm in the same boat. Oh, okay. okay what you could do, do I've done with uh, what did with GTA Five? I just download, I just add it to my library, um, and I presume it means that if when I do eventually get a PC, you know, I can download GTA. Oh, that's smart, actually. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I should probably, I should probably do that before it before it goes off. It might already be gone, but <laughs> uh, it unfortunately has gone. Yeah. Oh, oh no, <laughs> it's fine. Civ Five is all I need. It's now overcooked. <laughs> Oh, oh, Overcooked looks That's good. That's a good game, but I don't, I've never played oh. a, a PC game really co-op, like a couch mm. co-op PC game. That, that's... Yeah. Oh, but did you ever play like, um, you know those like mini-clip games where you'd have one of you on the arrow keys <laughs> oh, yeah, and one the, of you on WASD? Classic, classic. That's a classic yeah, yeah. school school <laughs> game you play in the computer class. You go, oh, 
Let's have you done a have you done a mini clip episode or like a flash games episode? Yet? We did Club Penguin. That's gotta, we that's did Club Penguin be a few weeks. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Club so Penguin online another... before it got shut down. Yeah. Oh, sad days. We play like the last. What's it called? The last. The last guns. Or whatever that. That the, the the war song. The soldier song. <laughs> no, it's all about Line Rider for me. That's what I played. About what? Line Rider. That was the flash game I always played. Line Rider. Oh, I never heard of that. Ooh, you'll have to have a look into it. I will have to. I can't wait. At school, we always played either the Impossible Quiz or the oh, like, the like the Smash Bros. Flash game. The Smash Bros. Flash? Yeah, like there was, a, there was a Flash version of Smash and it had like oh, really? That's cool. some <laughs> of the original characters in, but obviously some, this guy had added some of his favourites in. So it's like, I always played a Sora oh. from oh, cool. Kingdom Hearts. Oh, okay. and I was like, yeah. <laughs> it was really, really good. I say that, it probably wasn't really good. Going back to it, it's going to be <laughs> absolutely <laughs> He'd go back rubbish. to me like, what is I, this? I played that one with the, there, there was like these kids in a raft oh, I played and you that. would like raft shoot wars. like a tennis ball that was at great. like the bad, the bad peoples yeah, that was yeah, great that was the one and I then played. the twist at the end when it turns out it's your parents who are the bad guys like, yeah and you fight them and that, that was good they have like they're shooting like grenades yeah. at you it's amazing it's a bit mean to shoot your kid with grenades <laughs> yes hey one of them's a... it's for the money alright it's for <laughs> yeah. the money your, your little kid finds um finds some gold on yeah, a beach like gold so everyone comes and tries yeah. to Steal it off Including your own parents. Yes. So, wow. Damn, that's intense. I know, right? F's, F's in chat. <laughs> F's in chat. I had to get one in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. You're bringing all of the, the gamer tropes to the podcast. Which we didn't I, can't, I can't help it. I can't help it. It's okay. I get to talk, I I get to talk about gaming too much, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get every single one of the... Um, just wait until I say Leroy Jenkins. That's going to really kill kill this podcast. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe hold fire for the next segment of the show, because uh, we're going to go <laughs> into our topic. So the news and the topic are going to be sort of combined this week because they're all related and jumbled in together. And the topic is politics in gaming and sort of where the two should intersect. Does... should gaming sort of take this place as, as an art form and therefore is inherently very political or should it go much more entertainment route and be something that sort of distracts us from what's going on in the real world and i think in sort of an ironic turn of events perhaps a, a helpful turn of events i don't know we've actually been able to see some examples of that this week with different studios attitudes to the black lives matter movement which is sort of become a, a much bigger deal in the past uh, few days because of the uh, the deaths of uh, George Floyd and Ahmed Arbery and Breonna Taylor. Um, and so there are these huge protests happening in America and uh, some things have happened, So, well, at least regards to gaming. So I think a few of the bigger ones were a bunch of cancellations of events. We saw Sony postpone their event. We saw uh, IGN, EA, Fortnite, Warz- Warzone. Po- yeah, postpone either the season change or some gaming announcements they had, and all of that news. The one company that didn't, which I thought was interesting, was Nintendo. They talked. They did their Pokemon DLC event. Just sort of dropped this video. They only put it out on the Japanese website when I watched it, which was a bit weird. Mm. But um, so. What do you guys think of those sort of different tactics by the various companies as to sort of either postponing the event or putting it on? Uh, so whoever wants to go first. Look, it's it's people, you know, it's, it's all down to what people think it is. Do they think it's, you know, these companies being genuine or do they think it's a sort of marketing move? Um, and I would say 
it may sound naive, but I don't think it was just a marketing move. I think obviously the companies will get some good PR out of this in general, but the toxicity in gaming is very much a big problem, which all these companies need to, and are, I guess now trying to address. Um, of course, this doesn't mean, you know, it's not, a, we've done it gaming. There's no racism in gaming anymore. Um, if anything, after they've now postponed these events, they need to act further on the problems which their individual gaming communities have. So I know that um, after Warzone Season 4 was postponed, um, lots of people were saying, well, this is good, but what are you going to do about all the um, racist names and clan tags in um, Modern Warfare? Uh, so there's a big sort of backlash about that. And now Infinity Ward have said that they are now sort of re- updating the name sort of guidelines because they had loads of people who had like racial slurs as their names or offensive sort of nicknames in their titles. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just one of the things which, you know, they've got the good sort of base now and they're showing, okay, we can do something. We've donated some money, which, you know, is always going to be good. I'm never one to sort of criticize anyone for donating too little money. Really. Um, some have done it more publicly than others. I think Nintendo, they, well, they did release a statement, but apparently they have been matching their employers, employees and doing their own donations in private, um, but they haven't really published that out there, I don't think. Um, mm. But it's now time for them to build on that and sort of show that they're not just going to do that sort of generic brand statement by saying, we condemn this, but then do nothing about the sort of problems that they have. Yeah. And how about you, Hugh? So um, I tend to be one in these sort of in these sort of situations. I I hate purely symbolic gestures. I think they're a waste of time, and I don't like them. Um, so I don't like someone t- saying or doing something just for the sake of doing it without actually like making a concrete change. Um, so for example, if a I don't know if a if a games company postpone their event, I'm like, okay, great. I can see some practical like benefits out of that. People won't get distracted by what's going on, and they can still pay attention. Good, but what is going on further you know i i think it's not just enough to say uh and if they open their wallets up then i'm like great um and i, I tend to think i tend to lean more uh, not to get philosophical but i tend to lean more in like consequentialist where it's to say that i don't really care if people do something good for not great reasons because i think you know what I, i'm not that bothered so for example if a company gave lo- gave money to the black lives matter and they were doing it for their bottom line i will say good i mean fair enough i don't like why you're doing it but all I care about really is that something beneficial is happening. So it goes both ways. If they're just posting a you know a black screen, I don't. I'm not gonna like you know stand up and applaud them and go wow so brave so happy. You don't think black people should be killed on the street? Wow, I can't believe it. You know. Um, but if um, they're giving money, even though like I am sure that basically any corporation which gives money is doing it for you know to save face unless they're like a small company. I don't mind. <laughs> I kind of just think you know what this is the world we live in. Um, if a profit motive will incentivize someone to do good, then perfect. <laughs> that, that's that, that's about as good as I think things can get in um in a pretty in a pretty messed up world. Yeah, I think I also agree. I think that money and also uh, to add on something else, a platform, because I know that um companies like IGN and Kind of Funny and uh, Rooster Teeth, I think as well, and a few other gaming companies uh, that focus more in the media side of things are ensuring that black voices from their own from within their own staff but also from sort of smaller uh 
publications are given a platform to come on and talk about not just sort of what's going on in the world right now, but also, you know, talk about gaming and show off the sort of giving these people a voice and a platform to sort of highlight that there are problems and sort of put put people that are important in the in the forefront. And I, I think again, whatever reason they're doing it, if it is as a marketing thing or not, it's really important. Though I think what's interesting from a marketing perspective as well is that I think there was there there is no right or wrong answer, but it feels odd in some ways to postpone it with a tied date because it's like I think I saw somewhere it's like oh we've postponed this to June twenty fifth, and it's like okay that is like three weeks away, great that gives plenty of time for this movement to be in the forefront of headlines, but also like what's going on is a systemic problem. You're not going to fix it in three weeks. It's been going on for centuries. And so it, I don't know, I, I don't know about you guys, but it, I guess at some point you might want to talk about your stuff for business reasons, but it just seems a bit disingenuous to be like, okay, in three weeks, <laughs> we anticipate <laughs> that this will have all blown over. And it's like, well, no, weeks, like if you actually are behind it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really good point, actually. There's just, the delays, they are kind of arbitrary. I think, um, they do, as you said, they have to get this out there somewhere. You know, the PlayStation 5 ha- is coming out this year. And they do eventually need to sort of release information about this. Um, and there will always be problems with the world which are going on. And I think at some point they will... Because I don't think that these protests, like some are going, oh, it'll all blow over by next week. I don't think they will. Um, and I, I don't think... I don't think that Sony will just be able to keep going, oh, well, we're going to sort of keep postponing this and postponing this. Um, because yeah. as you said, it's a wider problem with long sort of big institutional changes which are needed to solve them, um, which aren't going to be solved by companies just going, here's no PlayStation event. Yeah, because also then there's the other side of things, the way Nintendo went with it, which is the the whole, let's just put the information out there because their video was pretty short it didn't announce a lot. I think the main thing was just a date for when the first DLC, the Isle of Armor, is coming out, which is helpful for us because we want to play that on Game Club. But, um, you know, it was, it seemed pretty bare and like, but still important. It gave a lot of the details and also highlights how Nintendo are as a company. I think Reggie has said some quote about how games are games. Like they're just for fun and entertainment. Like they're not interested in delving into the politics side of things. And they've shown that that's not just in their gameplay, but in their the way they behave as a company you know they they've been doing donations on the quiet and just sort of saying you know we're here to provide entertainment and almost a break from everything and where do you guys feel about that because for some people obviously these are really important issues we need to keep pushing but for some people as well like it can be distressing and like it can be hard if your life is 100 percent just bad stuff and it can be nice to take a break Mm, the way i see it um when companies say this isn't political or we're not being political, I mean, this is again literally uh, well politics degree style sort of thing here. That is itself a political statement. They are, by saying we aren't political, you are saying we don't want to break the status quo uh, and send messages which some people will disagree with. Um, that is sort of showing power and sort of saying we are telling you this is not political. Do not sort of take any meaning from this you are wrong, we are right, um, sort of thing. It's, I'm always reminded of the, it's an age-old sort of saying by, well, not that old, Michael Jordan, um, famously never really revealed his politics 
about his sort of Air Jordans, and his famous quote was, Republicans buy shoes too. Um, you know, it's a, a stupid statement when you think about it, but then if you think deeper, it makes sense. All, you know, the gaming community has a lot of sort of angry voices in it, um, to put it mildly. And sort of saying your game is political usually means your game is progressive. That's sort of what most people think think about. I don't really think there's many games out there sending a right-wing message, um, particularly like an active saying, we need to sort of do this in a right-wing way. Yeah. Um, I don't really know any game com- games which have done that. Um, so the big one which uh, I saw some quotes about a few years ago actually was one of my favourite games of uh, uh, PS4, um, Detroit Become Human, uh, which is about an android uprising... Um, and sort of, it's got lots of parallels to you know discrimination movements in America. Um, one of the ending sort of scenes, a bit of spoilers, literally has you in an almost concentration camp style of setting. And David Cage, who's like the director of these sort of type games, said, "I don't want to deliver a message to mankind. I just want to ask questions." Which kind of, <laughs> it's like, well, come on, you yeah, obviously that are. That sounds like something David yeah. Cage would say. You're obviously making some statements. Uh, you're not just deliver. You're not just asking questions, and it's just because they want to target the broadest range of consumers possible, and they can't. They don't want to get all these, you know, gamer TMs mad if they've made a political statement about discrimination. I mean, I'll only mention one more game um, before I hand it over to you guys because I want to. I'm interested in what you want to say. Um, this is one which made me laugh a bit because. One of the most blatantly blatant critiques of capitalism I've played recently is the Outer Worlds. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's literally just a prediction and comment on the dangers and the sort of flaws in capitalism. It's set in a hyper capitalist system where literally everything is monetized and owned. Um, and the co-director Leonard Boyaski, I think that's how he pronounced his name, um, said, "I don't want people to think this is a really hard politically cha- charged game." Uh, if you play that game, there's so much politics in that game. There's so much just ideological sort of statements in that game, and even has you making decisions. Like you, I, yeah. the first the first decision in the game was that like you have to pick whether you decide with this small rebellious group or the main town, and it's inherently like, do you support capitalism or sort of freedom? Exactly, and it's just one of these sort of moments where you got to think, how much are these people trying to just. Sort of not lie about their games, but try and just dog whistle, I guess, a bit and be like, we're not actually telling you it's political, but it is political, but we want you to buy the game even if you don't support these political values. I guess you could you could say that um, there's a difference between a game being political and then being, like, what I think a lot of people complain about, which is being, like, preachy. I think, you know, to, to compare it to, to film, for example, you know, the film Parasite is obviously majorly popular and it's not preachy at all. It, 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 it's widely popular across all the political spectrum uh, because it is, it's obviously very political. It's, it's the whole point of the film, but it doesn't like shove it down your throat, I think, where there are, there are some media which will have a message and it's, I guess it's, it lacks like subtlety. So if someone, if, for example, if I was a game developer and I had a political game, I don't know, even like Bioshock, you know, which is a very political game. And they said, is it a political game? I would, I would be wary to say like, Oh yes, this is very politically charged, you know, because that that would that would sound to someone else like, oh, every time you take a step around a corner, someone's gonna you know hold a flag in your face and read you know a, a twenty page critical theory essay about whatever. Um, I think that I because I think like especially games 
politics and games have always been so intertwined but I think that sometimes people can, can conflate and be a bit too harsh on like the people who say they don't like politics and games because um, even though like I, I disagree with them generally I think that sometimes people people just don't like preachiness however they will they will ascribe something being preachy to way too many things you know they'll say like a game which has political tones or even something like Outer Worlds which obviously has their strong political themes is in a sense preachy when for example in the case of choices you know you can make choices that's not necessarily you know shoving something down your throat yeah because oh because i wanted to go on the outer worlds because i i like i talked about how you can make this choice between capitalism and three freedom but what i really liked about it is why i did whilst i did go with perhaps the more left-wing option siding with the uh, the rebels it the game made me really question about what decision i wanted to make because it presented good and bad for both sides of the the coin and also once you've made the decision I did kind of regret making the decision. There were things the town, uh, the, the rebels did that I didn't like. And there, there were actions that were taken. I thought, oh, I, I kind of wish I'd known this beforehand. And I think what the Outer Worlds does is sort of what Hugh talked about is it's political, but it's not preachy. It didn't feel like it was particularly saying this side is good and this side is bad. There are characters that do do that. And some of them are main characters. But I think it does a really good job about letting the player decide for themselves what they want to do and not saying this is the right option and this is the wrong option it presents lots of information and it sort of leads you to be an adult in the real world and read everything (laughs) and if you only want to pay attention to the loudest voices then you'll make certain decisions you know i think the main scientist that helps you out is left-leaning and so will push you away from the capitalist people but if you sort of want to go against him because you feel like he's wrong which at times you might do that then absolutely you can make those own decisions for yourself yeah i think it's um i think all you know all three of us would consider ourselves pretty pretty left-wing people but um like for example i wouldn't necessarily enjoy a piece of media which was very left good right bad you know i think that's why uh at least personally i hate like late night talk shows like stephen colbert because it is left good right bad or at least it's oh no (laughs) colbert's get out of here i I think of all of them Colbert's my favorite he, I, he's just the first name that I have. There's other, there's worse ones, um, but I, I, I don't like that sort of stuff. And I think, um, I think once again, it's kind of like I'm assuming this applies to Outer Worlds as well, but it's also with um, Parasite again. Is that Bong Joon Ho, the director, because he pointed out, you know, it's not the, the, the people in the film. There's not good guys and bad guys. The only bad guy in this sense is like the system which has, you know, propagated these 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 behaviors and these people's attitudes. And I think that. Um, that sort of portrays a very different message than oh these people good these people bad hmm. yeah definitely that's a there's lots of games which aren't as subtle with their political sort of things I'm, I'm trying to think of a few the only one i can think um of off the top of my head is far cry 5 almost gets it right but it just misses um with its is that the is that the jesus yeah, it's one yeah the, all the ritual, religious, religious fanaticism one yeah, yeah yeah and that bit that side of the game is good it's you know a decent bit of political commentary but once again i don't think ubisoft have said that um but the main thing which i think games need to avoid which uh is like having contemporary references so like i always cringe if i ever hear now any tv show saying the word fake news i'm like for for comedy yeah, like same. saying fake news please give me a laugh haha <laughs> it's like does it so far cry 5 has a mission about a golden shower tape um <laughs> and it was okay it was it sounds it funny was funny but... at the time but then i'm thinking back and i'm like 
okay, but if you wanted to come back and play this game in five, ten years, mm. would you be like, this is a bit weird, and you wouldn't really understand, people might not understand the reference as much or forgotten it. And I think <laughs> it's a bit like, you you could have gone with other stuff to uh, <laughs> make yeah. these missions well, better. <laughs> on that note, something I wanted to ask about was, it's kind of weird because um, so it's a, to, related to Wolfenstein to the New Colossus, and the game itself takes place in an alternate universe, and but even in that alternate universe, it's in the past from our perspective. But one thing at the time, and I, I wrote about it for the bore, was its marketing used contemporary stuff. It it said um, "Make America Nazi free again," and obviously everybody can mm. get behind that message. Nazis are evil. We don't need to Hopefully. go <laughs> in on that. But what I wrote about and what a lot of people were against as well was sort of the connection between Nazism and Donald Trump. And you can take your own opinion on whether there is a connection there or not. But I think that it sort of is a question of then at the time it was quite inflammatory. And I think I wrote that whilst, you know, I didn't personally agree with what he did. I didn't think at the time you could sort of compare him and his entire fan base to that. And so sort of this idea that I think it was trying to maybe inadvertently causing a wedge, even though it is a statement that you can everyone get behind, it's the make some America blank again was so tied into his campaign. I think Wolfenstein 2 came out in like 2016, 2017, just after he'd been elected. And but at the time Bethesda and Pete Hines kind of ignored all of this and sort of said, oh, it's just a it's just a fun statement. See, to me, that's just an example of these uh, snowflake safe space conservatives <laughs> crying about a crying about a joke. Come on, guys. Yeah. You know, look at them at their, on their college campuses crying about, you know, just a funny joke <laughs> in a video game. God, <laughs> just it's just for that. I'm like, well. It's obviously they just they uh, just did it to be as Henry you said a bit inflammatory. Yeah, yeah. Like they obviously knew that so many people were going to react that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, this kind of like you see art, like articles from video game sites, and you they're titled in a way, and you know all the angry gamers will rise up and be like aggressively typing on the comments on Twitter, but we'll click we'll click on the article anyways and give them uh, give them the advert the ad revenue. It's, it's, what's it called? It's called outrage marketing. Yeah. It's um it's yeah. increasingly popular and I, um, I hate it. <laughs> there's a lot of websites which I'm not going to name which do a lot of that. And whilst I agree with lots of the stuff, <laughs> the way they're phrased, I'm like I'm the guest. I'll, I'll yeah. name them. Shouts about twenty different sites. <laughs> Please deny. I need a job. I think I liked it. <laughs> I liked obviously the message and everything behind it. I think at the time I just said though, like things seemed quite politically divided, but still a point where they could be saved. And so I think I was trying to argue that. You know, if we want to get away from the Donald Trumps of the world, which I think we definitely do now, uh, we can, I, I we'd be better sort of trying to come together and maybe not inflaming people because there'll be some people that mm. were just right of centre that felt that he was the person they wanted to vote for. And now they're sort of being lumped in with these very awful, awful people. Um, I forgot where I was going to go next with this. Oh, yes. Did you guys see that Twitter video of that guy basically saying that video game companies want his kind dead and it was a white man um and therefore he can't support any of them ever again that's funny that's funny i've seen the um list oh it's called it's called i think it's called the traitor list um 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like, was it? Oh, I don't want to get the name wrong, but it was by um, Angry some, Someone some Gamer or something. Gaming. Yeah, like one Angry Gamer. Yeah, one Angry Gamer that? released a that big list of a uh, so traitorous companies which support Black Lives Matter and it had all these and just like it had all games. these game companies in it and uh, a few of them actually retweeted it saying like we're proud to be on this list. So. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Is one Angry Gamer meant to be uh, satire though? Was it? Was he doing it seriously? Because this video I watched, I hope was satire, but I think was um, some guys seriously thinking that. I don't know. I think it was. I think it's serious. I think it was the, serious because uh, like, I did look yeah. at his Twitter and um, oh, one of the videos he yeah. had done uh, previously was about Tencent investing in five G. So you can tell where that went. <laughs> these, I think like it's one of those things where um, you see these tweets every now and again where it's like uh, one of the best I've ever seen was someone replied to. Um, someone talking about a piece of media, maybe a video game or a movie about it being political, and someone replied like, oh, I bet this is the kind of person that thinks the the movie Robocop is political. And you're looking at you're like, What? It's like the most the most famous example of a of a mainstream political movie. And it, like I, I did a podcast once again to plug myself due for future um, with hard you know, hard drive the satirical gaming yeah. website um, their, their editor Jeremy Kaplowitz. And I asked him about political gaming because a lot of their stuff has is is political jokes. And he basically said, Yeah, anyone who thinks that like um, gaming has always been a, like a pure art form with no politics involved is is just stupid and wrong. Um, <laughs> and like and, and like loads of games, yeah. You know, I've seen people tweet it saying that Bioshock isn't political, and I'm just Come looking on. at them like you, no, you, no you way. don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and, and I've I have seen that tweet. They just go, oh, it's just a fun game where you like upgrade, you know, you just do do stuff. And I'm like, no, <laughs> the entire message of the game is that it's political. Literally, literally, the whole point. And like, it basically like. You know, just sells it to you like this is an Ayn Rand style capitalist libertarian hellscape. You're welcome. Have fun. I've not played Bioshock, and I know that it's a political. Game. Oh, everyone knows. Yeah, everyone just, knows. Everyone political. knows that twist. Yeah, I think one of the. It's amazing. Um, another game which I can remember, which people. Well, I think it's another Ubisoft one. They said we are not making a political statement in this game. This is a very strictly non-political game. Uh, is it the Division and the Division Two specifically. Oh, so the Division oh. Two. <laughs> with the disease is money Division 2 famously set up in Washington DC in the White House is where you're actually based I also loved, sorry to cut in for a second but no like worries. ironically where that went because it was the idea that this plague spread and like their, their DLC <laughs> the war, is it the Warlords of New York came yeah. out like right as all the lockdowns were coming it's, in it's literally the most it's so crazy how parallel the division is to now. Like, isn't the division the game where the disease spreads on money? Yeah, it's the dollar plague. Yeah. They that, call it. That's <laughs> the um. Oh, it, it follows the thing which I think it, you can compare so much of it to what's happening today. So, the division for people who might not have played it or know it, you are like a government authorized military group sort of people, and you go into sort of areas of. In the first one, it's New York, and the second one, Washington. Where there's like it's all chaos and broken down, and you just sort of can go free reign and you know clean up the streets as they'd call it. So, in one of them, <laughs> you just see like, well, they thieves or looters. I can't remember the name of the group now. Like hire something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're stealing from the shops or they're stealing from some businesses, and you're like, oh, look at them, they're stealing. Let's kill them. And then you you know you kill them because you're the military people. That's what you do. It's a shooting game. And then you go, oh, we've killed them. Let's loot their bodies. <laughs> You know, let's loot this. Let's <laughs> loot the stuff they were looting loot be, for shooting them for looting. It's like so oh, far, dear. Damn. And people say these aren't political. I'm like, come on, <laughs> come on, stop it, stop being that's annoying. 
I still can't believe you try and say that the game where a, a killer disease spreads through money isn't political. That's like the most on the nose, like what a what like a, I don't know, like a a, a a poem someone in A level English would write. That is just so weird. I can't like I don't know where to go from this because that's just I can't stop laughing. It's so funny. Oh my god, I love that so much. Because there are some games that aren't political. Like, I think we've talked... Nintendo is just an easy example because, like, there are maybe some elements you can say that's maybe a bit traditional with the 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 male hero always saving the female princess. But also a lot of that stuff is just... But then Peach and Daisy will slap you up in Smash Bros. <laughs> exactly. So it, it all bounces itself out. And Zelda's pretty powerful as well, so they will, they will, <laughs> they will bring it back. Um, but yeah, I think that even though they're like non-political statements, like I think it still says a lot that you, as you guys said earlier, like it's sticking to the status quo. I think that mm-hmm. Nintendo are maybe doing it in the quote-unquote right way to be non-political, which is maybe like they're sort of doing one thing openly, like it's just trying to put out entertainment, but still on the behind closed doors, they're still doing huge donations and stuff. They're just not making a big deal of it. Mm-hmm. But then you could also say, well, maybe they should be making a big deal of it because this is a huge matter and people need to be bringing more light to this. So there's, I can definitely see both sides of the argument for that. At least they're sort of giving something, they're giving money, and I, I can't ever complain that someone's going to donate time or money to something. Speaking of donating time or money, though, I did want to call out there are quite a, there are loads of different things people wanting to do stuff politically right now can do. Uh, one that's specifically gaming-related I wanted to highlight was is a website called itch.io. It came out very recently, uh, this huge bundle of like 700 games and growing. Uh, it's, I think, I think last time I saw it, it was like over $3,400 worth of games and you can get all of them for a donation of at least $5. Wow. But you, so if you donate $5 or more, you get all of these games. Um, some of them are smaller indie titles. Some of them are pretty big ones. I remember seeing Minutes, Oxenfree shapes and bits quite a lot of fairly well-known uh, indie titles are thrown in that bundle and as for anyone that's like oh, I, so- I don't want like 700 games on my steam library don't worry it doesn't download them all automatically <laughs> you have to go through and pick which ones you want so you've yeah. got loads of time to go and play them and actually it doesn't even add them to your steam library it's just like a, a download for the game file nice yeah we aren't being sp- paid or sponsored to say this it's just a generally cool sort of way that you can get games and donate to a great cause it was two great causes i believe it is uh they're two all the money 100 percent of proceeds are getting donated uh split 50 50 i put it on a tweet i will double check um i believe they are charities that are support uh sort of posting the the bail for people that are um arrested in the protests that are going on um i can get up the exact two charities here they are the uh naacp legal defense and educational fund and the community bail fund. I don't know. There's there's two ands in there, and I didn't put an Oxford comma in, so I don't know <laughs> which way round it goes. Um, but yeah, that, that that is really really awesome, and I think the the number of games in that bundle is growing and growing and growing, and there's still like ten days to support it. Though five dollars, I think it's like four pounds thirteen in British currency, uh, can still be some money to spend. There are loads of petitions you can sign. Uh, on change.org, gov.uk, all the others that are supporting causes. And 
it takes literally like 30 seconds to do. So if you, you know, aren't able to go outside and go and protest then, and you aren't able to donate any money, then just signing petitions is something you can quickly do and then share them with your friends if you want. Perfect, yeah. Sign, sign those petitions, people. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that sort of rounds up our political discussion. Well, to get into something that I feel like we, we can talk about with a little bit more authority is, uh, I don't know why I said that, is, is Smash Bros. <laughs> I can't talk about it with any authority. I, I don't feel like I can either. You I can! You can. <laughs> Hello, I love Super Smash Bros. It's my favourite game of all time. Uh, which version, Hugh? Ultimate. Ultimate. Do you, is Ultimate actually your favourite? You're not one of those Melee boys. It's like, ah, oh, it has to. Nope, I've never played Melee, actually. I've played Brawl and I've played Ultimate. That's that's me as well. Um, So why is it your favourite game? I just love it. I have a, a phenomenal number of hours in it. Um, Do you want to give us a number? Probably an unreasonable amount. Oh, I... I, I <laughs> a thousand? I don't know. Probably less than... A, I think just under a thousand, probably. Like, I mean, I'm probably like 700, 700 hours. Bearing in mind that I've, I've had a Switch since, like, a year. Um... Uh, it's just a fun game. I think it's just because, like, it's one of those ones where anytime I want to try, like, a new game and I'm like, oh, I want to get back into Breath of the Wild because I only played, like, a few hours of it, I, I start playing and I, and I, and I, and I kind of think, I just can't really be bothered because, like, Smash, I know the base controls. I know how to play the game. There's a, there's a thousand different characters. It, it, it's just loads of fun. And we had a lot of fun playing it as well. We did. <laughs> we did. It was great. You 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 couple of campy <laughs> losers. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, um... We weren't able to put out any footage of it, um, but uh, basically, sad. yeah, I my main strategy was just to sort of sit out of the way because we kept playing stages <laughs> with like, little places I could hide. I was and, bullied one by Hugh, whilst Hamish just sort of sat there. And didn't know. Because Hamish was really good at what's called circle camping, which is basically it's, it's kind of self-explanatory. You camp, but you do it in a circle around a stage. So basically, it's impossible to catch you. So then I would just give up and I would just fight Ollie. <laughs> and then, since I'm not as good, I would just die. And Hamish would get the last kill on Hugh. And that would be the only one you'd get. It only worked a couple times, to be fair. It, yeah, it, 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 my different characters helped me. Ironically, the character that's meant to be the campiest, Sonic, I ended up killing myself on my last life. That was very funny. I was doing so great. I just blast, been though. dashed off stage. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh god! It was very but much the like the meme the... moment. Sorry, it was just like <laughs> I was spinning towards Ollie, and he just jumped. And <laughs> you can imagine just like the freeze frame. You was like you were just gone. At that moment, he realized he effed <laughs> up, and I just went off the stage and straight died. off. Yeah. It was off the, uh, the Nintendo. Problem being spot. faster than light is you can only live in the darkness. <laughs> that's the classic edgy Sonic line for you. Oh, it was so much fun. I, I just that's the best thing about Smash. It's the thing I've missed from playing it. Yeah, like it's so much fun just to play and mess around with your friends like that. I'm not as much of a fan like of the big... Yeah, I prefer casual. I'm not a big, you know, yeah. the competitive Smash side. I know you're an elite Smash you, so... What can you, I say? Yeah, obviously very good. <laughs> With your King K. Rool. My flex. Uh, My King K. Rool is an elite Smash. I, I just want to, oh, no. you know, play as Kirby and scare everyone with that. That was that was very intimidating. So what Ollie would do was right. We, me and Hamish would have our very few interactions in the game, fighting in the corner, and then Ollie would would as Kirby equip the hammer, which if you don't know is a fire hammer, so it catches on fire, and would just walk slowly to us, <laughs> and, and, and it was it was very intimidating. It was quite like I don't know if you've seen the film It Follows, um, <laughs> where, where there's always a presence behind you, but instead it was Kirby looking angry with a flame hammer, and I I I, I was that was very intimidating. I can't lie. 
fight. Because yeah, we'd be doing a fight and then one of us would jump away <laughs> and we'd just be about to land and we can see like where we're landing is right in Kirby's <laughs> hit zone. And it would be this moment of complete oh, and utter no. horror. I just screaming. <laughs> The bestest boy. The best game was when I was playing Hero, which if you don't know, basically, Hero's whole thing is he's RNG. He's all about randomness. And all I did was press down B the whole game. And I got... So we were playing, three, obviously, three people all playing at the same time, three stocks each. I basically got all the kills. I got three with Whack and Thwack, which is a move which just shoots out and it, it, is, it has a random chance to kill instantly. So I got three kills with that. I got two kills with critical hits, which is a, which is something if you do a smash attack, you can get crit. And then I did Hocus Pocus, which has about one out of like a hundred things it can do. I got invisible. And then I did another top deck, which is so I just picked the first thing I could see in the random spell and then killed Ollie with a with a with a um, move called Hatchet Man. And I I then lost that game, which made me very sad, but because Hamish had stood out of the way for the whole time and He's playing Richter, which, if you if you know, just throws things the whole time. I love Richter. And I was at 200%, and I was very sad. <laughs> yeah, no, um, the, you, you did also miss out that you, your first use of downbeat was you kamikaze oh, yourself yeah. on 0%. <laughs> I, li- I was at 0%. It was the first thing I did. It killed they, you, They were both fighting in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah you, no, it didn't kill you. It hit you, though. Oh. I literally just stood there, and, like, you guys thought I'd done it by accident, but no, I sat there with the screen open, just waiting for something to come near me. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, well, instantly pressed. It worked. And I, I regret that. I think I lost part that of match. the cards. Yeah. Part of the cards. It, it, I think what was great about our Smash gameplay though was we didn't just sort of stick to our one favorite characters because I really like Corin. Hugh, yeah. you talk. You love K. Rule. Um, yeah. Ollie, who you you love Kirby. Kirby and Young and Link. Young Link. Young Link. Yeah. But we didn't just stick to those. Like we we went okay. We're gonna play just like random stages, and we're gonna also do um just like mm-hmm. random characters. Just yeah. pick different people, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I did see my campingness when I played a character <laughs> that I didn't know quite as well. But if it was a character I was more aware of, I was willing to get into fights. It was so... Oh yeah, no, you were more willing to get into fights, and by that you mean you were more willing. You were more uh. Sorry, you, you knew more about the characters that you knew how to camp better, is, is what you mean. <laughs> See, you figured out that me, Gunner, is like neutral B, is just a gun, and you were yeah. like, cool, I'm fine with this. <laughs> Seeing Hamish get Isabel in the random matchup, I was like, oh, oh no, that was so this, is, this is not going to go well. This is the- uh, I had I a great time fight, trying yeah, to get I my... <laughs> you did win that one, because you just... You, you, I was on Corneria, and you F-smashed me at like, when I was like 40, and I died. I was on yeah. Corneria, and Hamish didn't just sit underneath the cannon for the whole match. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he was at the laser. I, had two I was stock playing qu- Bowser Jr. I had two stock while you were both at one, and I thought, oh, I know what oh, I can do. No. I went down to the cannon, and was like, I'm just going to sit here until one of you dies. I think that was... Well, no, but I killed Ollie, and I was like, wow. Well, that was the match when I was in Meta Knight, and they just kept side-being and, and oh, pushing oh, yeah. you off the map and just killing myself as you, well. <laughs> You killed me twice by kamikazing yourself three times. It was worth it. I regret nothing. Oh no. <laughs> I'd do it again, goddammit. I mean, we'd all do it again. I want to keep playing Smash Bros. Oh, with you guys. So we should set up like it's a regular... It's so much fun. Yeah, I definitely want to do it. Very soon. It's so much fun. We, next time we'll put items on and that will really start <laughs> yeah. some chaos. Invite some more people. Eight player oh, yes. Smash. Oh dear. Oh, like eight player On my um, ice on Great Cave Offensive. On my custom custom map, which was very, <laughs> very good. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, we tried to describe your custom stage for everyone. My custom please. stage went to our topic of the week as well. Was a uh, it was beautiful. Yeah, Smash Bros. This was cool. It was a border wall map. <laughs> so there was it was basically just a big wall in the middle with two flags which I made either side. Yeah, that was which were platforms. Um, which I it actually got re- banned from Smash Bros. Or someone reported it when I after I put it up, which is really weird because I was like, I'm not. It was so. I'm funny. not. I'm not. I'm just making a wall. There was no. 
Anyway, so I made these. I made it. It's just a big wall in the middle. There was no right or so wrong side of the wall. <laughs> there's two sort of sides. Don't you think there was a right hand side and a left hand side? Eight. So the right side was just whatever side I was on, and that's all that matters to me. <laughs> And basically just gave Hamish the chance to camp more on <laughs> one side as uh, the piranha. Piranha plant. Yeah, yeah. He would yeah, just camp yeah. there. And, and just me and be, away as he be away. I'd be away. I'd jump over like, go away. It was so much fun. <laughs> my bilith. My bilith was pretty clean. Because with bilith, you could, you could wall jump with your up B, which is like a like a whip. So basically, man, I could I could jump around and like do some pretty, pretty some pretty cool stuff. Actually, so I actually really enjoyed that stage. Oh, and also, yeah, because <laughs> you had a really long reach weapon, the, the lance. And that yeah, could go yeah. through the wall. That's my up B. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my my F smash. Yeah, I can go through the wall. I'm trying to think, of I think I was Pikachu in that stage. Yeah, yeah you were. You were. Um, yeah, you were Pikachu when you, with Tijo, which is your projectile. It goes over the wall. Oh yeah, I remember. I just spammed that. So you just keep, you just kept shooting it, and then like. <laughs> and then oh, I think God, um. That was so funny. I think uh, what was meant to be our final match ended up not being because it was quite messy <laughs> when we were all on Great Cave Offensive. The Great Cave Offensive. You picked oh, so my bad. Hamish was I, so looking forward. He's like, let my stage be it. Let my stage so be it. I begged and begged oh, and begged. It was so good. Literally, I got stuck up and then I tried to camp for like two minutes and I was like, let's just end this. The stage is terrible. <laughs> yeah, start with See, I wish at that point like, I had been able to finally do my best camping because that would have been it. That would have been funny. No, you couldn't handle it. My, my banjo was just all over the place. <laughs> yeah. He was smooth. <laughs> I got called. Cool. I think I was. I think I was in the lead at one point, and I got called into fight. I got called out by Hugh, and then I lost yeah. that fight. And it was, and <laughs> and then, was a yeah. Then I killed you, and then I then I capped. That classic <laughs> like, meme cool. where it's got when it's like every, when you're just chilling in Smash, and everyone goes, "Yo, he's still got three stocks left." Yeah, yeah that <laughs> happened to me. I was like, "Yeah, still, still has three <laughs> Every game, I was uh, at like hundred fifty percent. The best game was uh, when I got every kill in the game and didn't lose any stocks when it was me as Pac-Man and then two Pichus. Because <laughs> I couldn't tell who I was. I was like, am I this Pichu yeah, or am I this big blob of yellow? Which one? Because also Ollie and yeah. I had gone for the exact same yeah. Pichu skin. Yeah, same skin. The so it was just like one of us was a, a slightly more grey Pichu. Yeah. 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 I actually have. Yeah, yeah. And as I, yeah. as I said at the time, it was the best game because neither of you could camp. Because if you camp as Pichu, you take damage. So <laughs> yeah, you were just you were just weakening yourself. Oh, I love not you Pichu. I actually have two of the figures of the little Pichu with a weird ear thing on my desk right now. Oh, that's so cool! Is it got like, the little like, the little thing on his yeah. ear, like the little extended bit? Yep. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a Pichu skin with that. Yeah, that's I what wish... that's what we were. We were. That's I good. wish you could have oh, transferred okay, that okay. Pichu from Heart Gone Soul Silver down the yeah, line. Yeah, so... like, that was a really cool. Pokemon I liked that one. Did you ever play? It was Pokemon Ranger when they had the ukulele Pichu. That was a uh, ukulele Pichu. They had a little ukulele. It was very cute. That's um, I'm, I'm googling that right now. Because they also had a yeah. the the special shiny Pichu as well, which you needed for the Notch one, which was the <gasps> Pikachu colored one. Yeah, oh yeah. I remember oh that. my god, it's Pichu with a ukulele. It was a great game. Um, I love that ukulele so Pichu. But I don't think you could get that. No, obviously you couldn't transfer it over. I love it. Um, I love but it. It was cute. Right, I have one yeah, question for you, Aldo, on uh, Smash Bros. Who do you want the next character oh. to be? Well, it's obviously ARMS. It's an ARMS character. Apart from ARMS. I want Minecraft Steve. Wow. <laughs> I want Minecraft Steve. <laughs> that is a... Uh... Oh, I'd also quite like Spyro, but I want Minecraft Steve. Spyro over Crash Bandicoot? Yeah, no, definitely. I never played Crash Bandicoot, but I did play a lot of Spyro. No, that's fair. Spyro I'm, over Dragon. I'm a Spyro boy as well. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or were you Hamish? Who who you... Who are you wanting? Minecraft Steve. Minecraft Steve. <laughs> um, I think that Minecraft Steve is quite likely, but I would personally prefer 
Sora from Kingdom Hearts. I've mentioned oh, yeah. it before. Oh, okay. I know it's, That's a classic. I know it's less likely because Square Enix already have Cloud in there and they're not the best at like sort of supporting that character. I think there's famously only two music tracks for Cloud and neither of them are one-winged <laughs> yeah. angel. <laughs> um, which is a travesty. Yeah. That's funny. I'd also... Who, who do you want, Ollie? Oh, wait. Sorry, Go on, Hamish. Who's your, who's your other one? I don't know. I'd also quite like... Um, Master Chief. I think that was one that would be, oh, okay. or like, um, like maybe Doom Guy, but like one of those yeah, kinds yeah, of characters. Yeah, one or the other. For me, I, I've got to. I'm sticking with a Nintendo character. I want uh, Bandana Waddle That's my boy. Oh, I would love Bandana Waddle Dee. <laughs> he is. You can literally just import his character over from Kirby Star Allies. It's basically yeah, just, just a Smash Bros. game Kirby. with Kirby. Just I would the... love to make him Kirby, but good. <laughs> Hopefully, Kirby will be oh. good in the next game. I like a lot of people are saying Paper Mario for the next character. No, bad. That's a bad pick. <laughs> uh, that's what I've heard. Because there's not enough Mario in the game already. Oh yeah. New, new Fire Emblem, please. I want oh, to. No. I want to throw out that I think the Arms character is going to be lots of Arms characters. Oh, just like with different skins, like, like with um, Bowser Junior and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I th- I think that they might have like some slight differences i don't know but i i think they've done a big deal about how which arms character is it yeah and i wonder if it's not going to be one it might be a couple and yeah, maybe th- okay. i think it's because people aren't, don't really weight difference yeah they don't really as attached no, to that one arms character are they like yeah. no one really cares about spring Gwen as much as as well because no. arms had the thing about how you could customize the loadout so i wonder if mm. there'll be like some way that you can sort of customize yeah, which arms you like have the, before you go into like a fight. the bees like the me, so I wonder if there'll be yeah. like a yeah. you build that your movie, arms yeah. fighter. That could be interesting. I, yeah. I can see that being quite annoying because a lot of people hate the knees in Smash because like you never know which one you're facing. Yeah, because like you don't know what moves they have. Uh, but that could be pretty cool. I'd love to see um them put in the characters from Astral Chain. I know it's a bit of a wild one. Um, Platinum's game that'd be quite a cool character if you know the you know it's like the uh, your big protagonist and they have their arms legion. So it'd be kind of a bit like Joker okay. with their sort of whatever thing, okay, their persona. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but like that, apart from, you know, the legions always there, but there's four different legions you can choose from, so it could be cool to have like a Rosa, it'd be like a bit more like a Rosalina Luma, I guess, as well. So like okay. a separate... Or like a Shulk Monado. Yeah, like second character, uh, but then they can change up. That'd be okay. quite cool. Guys, um, we've done it all wrong. Who? We forgot, We there's one, there's only one correct answer. Well, it's obviously can... Goku for Smash. <laughs> Oh, see. <laughs> see, I I am not a weeb. I I don't watch any anime. I don't like any of that stuff. The fire emblems are as much as I will handle, and even that I'm not happy about. Uh, <laughs> so no, <laughs> I'm a rare no on Goku for Smash. Uh-huh. No, <laughs> give I'm... me Minecraft Steve or give me Death. One punch. I... I'm also a, a no for Goku on Smash. I think it would be odd. <laughs> I can still dream. Goddammit. I can still dream. It would be a hype. Do it in my fan art. It would be the hypest moment. It would be pretty funny. Could, there are so many fantastic trailers you could make for that. I want. Uh, you could make some pretty. I cool want stuff. Fortnite man from Fortnite. That's who I. Want. I want, I want okay. the Fortnite man. Um, Jonesy from Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I want him I to want be called Fortnite guy. man. Fortnite man is his name. Well, there's so many more fighters that are going to come. There's like so quite a few more, but we'll have to. I can't. I'm excited. Wait and see, unfortunately. Mm. And on that note, we're going to have to end the show here. We've reached our we've reached our time. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the show with us, Hugh. You've been brilliant. 
Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. You're you're very welcome. And we'll happily have you back. In <laughs> Thank the you for having me. Definitely. <laughs> Fantastic. Keep up the great work, guys. Um, loving, Hugh, loving the podcast. Would you like to follow them on? Yeah. Would you like Instagram, to have a little Twitter? Do a little plug. Yeah. Uh, follow the Warthog Gaming Podcast on um, Twitter and uh, Instagram, and I believe it's on Facebook now as well. Um, and then my podcast exists as well. It's called Duke for Future. It's on YouTube. We got our thirtieth subscriber today, guys. Ooh. I know. Amazing. Wow. Um, but yeah go for it check it out you can even go back and see ollie's first ever podcast about gaming in the dual future archives episode technically two but the first guest this is great i think i think i defended death stranding quite a lot in that episode you did we we had a we had a discussion about that you saying that was like your favorite game nice uh well if you want to follow the warthog yeah we are now on facebook i'm not really using it that much it's mostly for like all of the business stuff but i might start putting Ah. things on there maybe some information uh we are i'm trying to get too much of a mega fan i'm trying to get into twitter better so hopefully there'll be more twitter content and yeah instagram's the main thing i like using i really like making all my pictures so keep looking at all of that Mm. uh if you want to actually listen to our show we're on youtube too we have four subscribers so go and subscribe to us there Uh, our listener numbers (laughs) on podcast services uh we're on every single one uh those numbers are definitely a bit better um so see mine are much worse on um on podcast mine are much better on youtube we got like 200 we're now 250 total plays across our 10 episodes oh wow that's loads that's loads that's, like, that's pretty much already as, as much as i have on, on the play so we're we're looking at um respect keep keep going on that if you can uh, give us a rating stops. please do uh thank keep you very much to um oh, i forgot my usual my usual joseph thing yeah uh, yeah, if you please share us with all your friends, uh, and even if it's only to listen to our awesome theme song, which was made by Joseph McDade, uh, you can find more of his work at josephmcdade.com. He offers free and paid for music, so go and check him out. Uh, normally, I'd thank all of the article links, but we haven't used any news this week. Um, I guess just thank you to to you guys for listening again. Thanks to the fans. Thanks to the fans, uh, and I guess it's Aww. goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Bye-bye.